What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Okay, you know, like at camps and stuff like this, you take the ball out. You ain't getting the ball back. <laughs> like, you the last one up the court. They already did their thing. So I stopped there, and I just got into a rhythm and started hooping. The Lakers should sign Trey Young this summer. They got to kind of start preparing for, like, if LeBron's last year is this year or next year, whenever it is. And I feel like a uh, pick and roll with AD and a guy like Trey Young would be deadly. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Got my PrevNAR 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated, but, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't give Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. States is at war. We know what we have to face and we are ready to face it. I'm fighting to make women equal. The president needs to get his wife under control. It's time all these little chocolate girls know that their lives matter too. Sometimes you have to forget politics, do the right thing, and trust the rest. The playoffs have arrived, and there's a ton of action every night, and you can get into even more playoff action with DraftKings Sportsbook. This week, new customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. You win no matter what. 
All DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet during the first round with same-game parlays. We're back this week with another All the Smoke same-game parlay. We've come one leg away from hitting each week, but I can feel a win this week. Head over to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now to see who we're riding with this week. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code SMOKE. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win that game during the playoffs and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code SMOKE at DraftKings Sportsbook. Welcome back, All the Smoke, 420 edition. Yes, sir. Jack, what's the good? I'm full of these burgers I just had. Shout out to Vern. And had uh, that big old blunt I had after that, so. It's 420, bro. Yeah, just bad with me, just bad with me, y'all. Man, we got a very special guest today, a pioneer uh, in the cannabis space, but also an amazing athlete. Welcome to the show, Ricky Williams. What up? Man, so, welcome. Brother? Yeah, good, good to be here. Man. Thanks for being here. Hey, we Great rolled him up some of this bonbons, this Seven Leaves bonbons. So yeah, we're all enjoying this Seven Leaves bonbon on this special 420 episode. Man, what is, what is the present day looking like for Ricky Williams these days? I mean, a lot of this. Okay. A lot of, a lot of smoking and a lot of talking. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a couple businesses, so I wake up and handle like business stuff. And then the afternoons, my like side hustle is... Uh, I do professional astrology readings, and so I oh, talk to really? people. Talk to people uh, like three people a day. So you read cards? I read cards, but but more I read astrology charts. Okay. So people give me their birth information, and then I look at where the stars and the planets were when they were born, and and just try to give them some insight. How long does that take? Because I want to do that shit after the episode. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's dope. What yeah. got you? What got you into that? So uh, back in uh, 2004, when I retired from football, I just started traveling around the world. And uh, I met this lady, and she started talking to me about right. shit, and it just, like, I was lost. It just blew my mind and gave me some direction. And so I said, like, whatever that is, I need to, like, get, get some it, of that. Tap yeah. into it. Yeah. That's dope. With the NFL draft around the corner, are you still locked into football at all? You pay attention at all, or you kind of removed yourself from that? You know, if it's on, I can't help but be all right. the way all the way in it. Okay. Um, so, but I don't watch it that much. Uh-huh. It's funny. I was watching the Super Bowl with my wife. Uh-huh. And we got married after I finished football. And so okay. she never really seen me play, uh, watch sports. And so the game was on, and I just was so locked in. She was like, like who are you? What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Who's this yeah. person? Yeah. 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 Do, you, do you miss it at all? Obviously, you know, we're going to get into how decorated your career was. Uh, you chose to step away, obviously, a little sooner than, than you uh, could have. But miss it at all? Obviously, you say when you, when you watch, you're still locked in. Thoughts on just... The sport as a whole. You know what I miss and what I loved about it was it was one place I could go every day and I could just like put it all on the table and just everything and it wasn't too much. Right. And I miss that mm-hmm. where, where everyone is aligned with the same goal and no excuses, just get to work and right. get it done. I, I miss that. Yeah. Talk, to about, talk to us about your upbringing in San Diego. What was that like? Uh, so I guess like a lot of people that grew up in in time I grew up, my parents split up. Um, and really, my mom was more like a dad anyway. And so I just had like a mom that was just about it. Super mom. Yeah, like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it just taught me how to be tough. And and um, uh, above everything, she just taught me that 
life ain't gonna be fair. Don't expect it to be. They make the most of every situation. It's my mom's mom similar the same way. Like, so having a strong mother like that at a young age, did you have to change your decision making? No, no, because my mom's my mom's thing was she wasn't like, don't do stuff. She was like, if you do something, like be smart enough to get away with it. And if you're not, like take your lumps yeah, and learn. Yeah. And so yeah. it just was really an attitude that that allowed me just to 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 go for it. Right. It's been said that even at an early age, you had a profound outlook on life as, as being an adventure. Talk about that. That's just from church, I think. Yeah. You know, just going to church. And I was one of those kids where I just was always locked in. And so whatever the preacher was saying, whether he was living it or people were living it, I just... Yeah, would, take you there. I was locked in. Yeah. And so, like I say, my first role model, just because I was exposed to him every week, was, uh, was Jesus. Mm. And the idea, like, he really didn't care what people thought. He just was willing to go for it. Mm -hmm. So... I picked that up and I tried to live that out in my life. It's not a bad role model to have. Yeah. Church started to become an issue when I got like 15 and they started talking about that wait till you get married. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. So, that I wasn't know. it. I don't know. <laughs> when did uh, sports and martial arts come into play? Early, early. I remember in kindergarten, uh, we had this teacher and she was really big into fitness. And so she would make us run two laps around the field. And I remember the first day I was like, man, I don't feel like. But then after two days, I just got curious. Like, what if I was the first one like to finish? What that mm -hmm. would feel like? And I just took off. And I never stopped. No. <laughs> after that, <laughs> got that feeling that I, I realized I could do something or something I was I could be the best at. And I just, That's I just leaned into. That's a hell of a feeling. Yeah. Patrick Henry High School in San Diego. We got another San Diego guy behind the camera. Uh, what school did you go to, big fella? Saints. The Saints. St. Augustine. Uh, football and baseball were the two sports in high school you chose to uh, run with. Uh, tell me what you loved about each of them. Okay, what I loved, so baseball was my first love. Mm. Growing up in San Diego watching Tony Gwynn, I, uh, I thought I was going to be uh -huh. like the next Tony Gwynn. And my, uh, my stepdad was, he was Panamanian and he just loved baseball. So it just was like, he taught me how to play baseball right. and it just was that thing. Because my mom told me when I was seven, she said, you are going to college and I am not paying for it. Straight up. So, so I knew I was had to had to do something, but I thought it would be baseball. Kept playing. Football came along. I started playing when I was eighth grade. I just was so much better. That it just Always you know, a running back? I, I love playing defense too. Oh, but on like offense, to always. Yeah, I love to hit. Uh, I can see you big, strong, thick-ass out there popping people. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you end up taking a scholarship to Texas. Uh, what other uh, colleges were in play at the time? I, I pretty much could have gone to any college. I took my recruiting trips to Berkeley. Seems like you would have fit into Berkeley. That wasn't your thing? You know, so I decided when I was a kid I wanted to be a professional baseball player. Okay. But I decided I wanted to be a college football player. So my whole thing about okay. was a college football experience. Gotcha. So I, went to, I took a trip to SC. Close to going to SC, took a trip to Texas and uh, Notre Dame. And at the end of the day, Texas just, you know, I was looking for that that the program where they were almost on top and they okay. just needed a couple of missing pieces and I could be that missing right. piece. Yeah, yeah. I was looking for that. And, I, and I knew I had to start as a freshman. I knew if I was on the bench, like if I had to register it out, I wouldn't make it. Uh huh. I you had to go it. in and play. Yeah, straight up. I, I feel that. San Diego has a rich history of, of Heisman Trophy winners. Uh, when you were able to bring that home, what did that mean for you? It's interesting. We have four. We actually have four Heisman Trophy winners. So you, All running backs. Reggie Bush, Marcus Allen. And Rashawn Salam. Rashawn Salam. Yeah. He, went to, he was a Husky, right? He was a or, Buffalo. 
He's a Buffalo. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Close, Colorado. Close. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, what did that mean? Obviously, such a rich, a rich history of uh, of great running back from that area, and you were able to continue to carry on that tradition. No, I, like it's, it might sound cheesy, but it was one of those things where I just I reflected back on all the people that helped me like get to that place, and just reflected on my upbringing and how. When I was a kid, I had dreams and realized like all the people that had to show up to help me achieve those. Mm -hmm. And that was just one of those moments where I accomplished something. But And I knew I had to do the work, but just realizing how many other people it took to help me get there. Yeah. And feeling like hoping that all the people, you know, because I, I was a knucklehead sometimes when I was a kid. A lot of people had to like let me slide and forgive me and give me second chances. And just thinking of, you know, all those people hopefully... At that moment where they saw me receiving the trophy that they felt like they were part of it. Right. That's special. Uh, 95 to 97, you played minor league baseball with the Phillies. What was that like? It was horrible. It was horrible. (laughs) (laughs) But but it helped me grow up, though. Okay. It helped me grow up. So this is what you're... I was, you're out of high school? So I, I so I left even like three days before I graduated from, from high school. I got on a <laughs> got on a plane and flew to Martinsville, Virginia, which okay. is this tiny little town in, in, in Virginia in Virginia. And I was 18, I was like in the south, staying with this dude named Bobby and Pumpkin in this house. It, <laughs> it, it was it just was culture was. shock. And I was I just homesick. It just was it was hard. But it, it was it helped me grow up right. a lot. Because like minor league baseball, you make it eight fifty, eight fifty a month, and it's like you're living with other. It's family. It's a, it's a shit, lot. Right? It's, it's a, a lot. grind. What was the baseball? How was the baseball part? I struggled. I struggled. Do you think mentally, because it was such a, uh, an adjustment mentally, that you struggled? Obviously, on the on the, on the actual sport side of it. Yeah, if I'm being real, like you know, I'm kind of a sensitive person, and so if I don't feel like comfortable. In my surroundings, and I like I don't act right. But right. if I if I feel comfortable, I can handle anything. If I okay, and so it just took me a while to figure out like what that sweet spot is for me. Yeah, baseball again. It it was rough, but I I, I grew up because I would go. I went from minor league baseball straight to my freshman year playing football, and then I would go back to baseball and then back to football. So I would go from you know everybody like being the best to you know just being a dude on a bus right. <laughs> swinging the bat so it kept me it kept me humble humble yeah, yeah. definitely yeah. Let, me, let me ask you a question who were you cool with any of the basketball players when you were in Texas I was who were you cool with I was cool with uh with, with, when I was in school with Chris Clack Chris Clack okay yeah, yeah. That was my boy. so I I played against him in the state championship my my junior year yeah Chris Clack yeah they went to Austin Anderson yep yeah sure did <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure yeah. that's dope also Reggie I, uh you know Reggie Freeman? Reggie Freeman, yeah. yeah. Reggie yeah. Freeman too. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. was a he was a senior when I when I got there. Did you know BJ Tyler? I did. I sure did, yeah. So we from the same hometown. Okay. Put off the Texas. Okay. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> we had a uh James Brown, a quarterback was from Port Arthur. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Despite being a high first round uh projected pick in ninety eight, you try uh decided to go back to school for your senior year. What made that jump in, in a time? Actually you were a little early, but everyone is so eager to jump now. You yeah. actually decided to go back and, and, and finish. Like I said, when I was a kid, my goal wasn't even really to go to the NFL. It was okay. to be a college football player. But I'm not gonna lie, after I had my junior, I led the nation in rushing and scoring. I was thinking like going to the next level. Uh, and then I was sitting in my, our media guy's office, and he had one of those uh, almanacs on his desk. And so I started flipping through it, and, and I flipped through to the record for all-time leading rusher in college football history. And I looked, and I saw, like, damn, if I have a similar year that I had last year, I could be, like, the most ever. Damn. And I flipped a couple pages to touchdowns, and same thing. I was like, I got the. Then I went to all-purpose yards, did the math. I was like, okay, if I come back, I knew it was a risk. If I come back and, and have the same kind of year... 
You know, I could like break all these records. It's within reach. Yeah, and I, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't pass that up. That's hard to pass up. Yeah, I couldn't pass it up. So what was it like? Obviously, the college experience itself, but then knowing what was on the line, really studying it, and knowing what's on the line your senior year, what was that senior year like with all the attention you received? You no, know, for real, it's when I started smoking. It's, uh, it's, it's when it all, that's when it all started. Because <laughs> I came back, everything on the line, and I was focused. And within the first couple of weeks, I had, a, I had a bad game against Kansas State, and I found out that my girl for like two years was like messing with the, the quarterback on the team. Uh, on your team or on the other team? Uh, on my team. Oh, fuck. The dude handed me the ball. So, so I was sick. And I, you know, I was trying to be like the 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 better person and not right. make a big deal and like mess up the whole season. Right. But at the same time, I was I remember I was sitting there at home after the game, and I was just like, why the fuck did I come back for this shit? Mm. Like, you know, my mind started. This to is go, early in the season. Early in the season, okay. my mind started going to like I should have gone. I should have I should have left. And my homeboy, like he's a smoker, and he's like, dude, you just need to chill. He slid his bong over. I hit it. And it was a, I, I had smoked a little bit, but it was the first time where I where I noticed that it took my mind off of obsessing about the bullshit, and I started thinking like about next the next game, mm-hmm. and and no lie, back to back three hundred yard rushing mm-hmm. after after that the first time yeah see and, and I love that <laughs> obviously we're going to get into it you were a, really a pioneer in this space as far as just kind of being out forward with it but to see where medicating is in sports today and kind of knowing. After that first bong hit, that shit really changed your life. Yeah. Easy to say. Yeah. Oh, I mean. <laughs> throughout your career, knowing you needed that, how, 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 how do you look at today's uh, current policy for current athletes? I think it's, it's changing, thank goodness. But you just said I needed it. And so when I got into the league. Was that the right word? Yeah, that was, that was the right word. Okay. And I'll tell you why. So I got in the league and. And when I first got in the league, I wasn't really smoking that much. I smoke every once in a while with the guys, but we were only being tested one time a year. And it was in training camp right, yep. when I was with the Saints. And so I never had an issue. And then I, I, my third year, I kept getting hurt. And so I would start smoking a little bit more when I was hurt. And then I got traded to Miami, and then I started smoking a lot. And and nobody told me that in Miami they drug test in the offseason. So uh, I came to work one day, and they were like, you. you know, and then I, I got, they put me in the program. And when they put you in the program, they test you nine times a month, and you got to talk to like a therapist for two mm, years. Yeah. Same, same. Yeah, yeah. So they put me, they put me in the program, and at first I was like, "It's, I mean, I don't need to smoke. It's cool, you know." I, then after about like three weeks, I was like, "Damn, I was like, I can't do this shit if I ain't like mm. taking care of myself." Right. And so I started to find a way to like smoke and still pass the drug test. Uh. So, what I think to me, especially football, but I really all sports. If we're you know, what we do to our bodies, I think leagues need to give us all reasonable means to take care of ourselves. And that, that's beside the conversation of how much better this is right. than the pharmaceuticals. Right. No, question. Right. Yeah. no question. No, I completely understand that. 1999 draft, the infamous trade. The Saints trade every single pick they have. I mean, the mascot, the concession stand, they trade everybody for the boy. Talk about that. I mean, I was, t- I was, I was honored, but at the same time, <laughs> I wanted to be the number <laughs> the number one pick, so yeah. <clears throat> I was kind of salty. But <laughs> I mean, they're still they they're, gave the, they're still telling they're still telling the story now. So that that's that's the positive side of they it. They gave up headsets, coolers. They gave up all those picks <laughs> <laughs> and the first pick for the next year. I wouldn't have done it. <laughs> <laughs> 
if you're being honest. <laughs> yeah, I would have done it. I wouldn't have done it. I mean, yeah. if 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 he had come to me and said, I'm thinking about making this trade, I would have said, don't do, do it. it. I yeah. said, don't do it. Yeah. I said, don't do it. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale 1 million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field, from free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated, but, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't give Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Knowing all that and everyone else knowing all that, your team knowing all that, how hard did that, did, did that make it, tough coming into training camp and, and, and kind of your first taste of the pros or was it smooth? It made it tough in the sense that there was just all this like extra, like extra Noise. stuff on Noise. top of Yeah, right. that was like, it's not necessary. To me, what I what I loved about the game was like practice. When we go on practice or when the game starts, everything is focused. Mm-hmm. What I hated about it, all the other stuff that happens yeah, outside of it. Yeah. To me, it's like if I'm doing my job on the field, like what does it matter? Right. That's what you're paying me to do. Yeah. Especially when I'm not really, I'm, 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 I'm chilling. I'm not out there fucking going crazy and doing all this other shit. I'm, I'm in my house medicating. Exactly. Staying out the way. Mm. No limit sports. How, how did that happen? So, uh, <laughs> hey, we trying to get Pete too. I texted him this morning. I was like, yo, we have Rick on the show, man. We need you to come through too. But you talk to us about what that experience was like. Buy a whole pound of some Master P. Yeah. I'm a Romeo, a little Romeo. Yeah. It was a lesson, you know. For me, I I saw it as an opportunity to do something different. And when I when I came into the league, and all the the agents, you know, typical agents coming at me, it just felt like slimy. Mm. And this dude Terry Rito, like Pete, like the the runner for No Limit Sports, like he became like an uncle to me, and we just came real tight. Like I could tell him anything, right? And just he just really helped me navigate that process. So when the relationship fell through with my with my agent. And I was looking for finding a new agent. I was like, since I have this kind of familiar relationship, right, and I sense. feel like these people, that, it just makes sense. To, I didn't realize everyone would have like an opinion about it. You know, I thought it was an opportunity to say like we we keep looking to these kinds of people to to take care of us when there's other types of people out there. Mm-hmm. And, and and he was just starting No Limit Sports, and I thought landed me like this could be right. an opportunity to change to change something, help grow his company too. Yeah. So how was your experience? With it, like you said, it was a learning experience. It was wonderful. You know, I was fortunate because all of this happened before the draft, okay. and so you know, PB in front uh, from New Orleans, it it was on. Uh-huh. It was on, and I felt, in a sense, when I first got to New Orleans, I, I did feel like a familial kind of sense because they were just down in Baton Rouge and, and they were deep. So I felt like I was part of the No Limit family. I had my chain mm-hmm. and, and and everything. <laughs> hey, they were a movement. Yeah. They were yeah. a whole movement. And then when it came down to the actual contract negotiation, um, 
I took control, and I and and this was on me. I told my agent what I what I wanted, mm-hmm. and I and again for me, I I saw it as an opportunity. Explain to make a statement. it for all the people that yeah. don't know what. So what so, did you? so what I said is my my agent came back to me and basically had three different deals. What I told him going in is I said you know I said I want to be paid for for my performance. I said because I'm the only draft pick that there's a certain like rookie pool of the max amount of money that they can give. I said, just give me that like max amount that they can give me for what I've done in the past. But moving forward, I want my performance based. Performance be performance based. Uh-huh. And my agent said, well, you could get hurt and all that stuff. I said, I don't, I said, I don't care. And he said, look, he said, look, I'm gonna go and negotiate three contracts. One that what you want, one of what I think more most guaranteed money, and then we'll do something in the middle. And he tried to convince me to take that one in the middle, but I said no. I said, I want the one that only pays me if I like kill it. Well, that makes sense because that's what the youngsters, y'all need to pay attention because the agent works for you. You don't work for him. So that's how it's supposed to be anyway. But then unfortunately you got hurt though, right? Yeah, I got hurt though. Talk to us about that yeah. process. My whole career from Pop Warner all the way to, I didn't miss, never missed a game. So mm-hmm. it, well, I wasn't even thinking about didn't what, even if, register. what if I get hurt. And so first preseason game, first preseason game, I get a high ankle sprain. And I, I'm a, I consider myself one of those, those guys that just plays through. And so, I, I missed a couple games in the preseason. I was just barely ready for the first game. Wrapped up that ankle, went out, re-injured it the first first quarter. Okay, so came out, but I got got myself right for the next game. Again, wrapped up. Last play of the game, quarterback throws me the ball, I'm running down the field, dislocate my elbow. Okay, mm. so I got the ankles just starting to get better now. I got the dislocated elbow. Thank God we had a bye week, so I rehabbed. And I was ready for that next week. Put on an ankle brace, Damn. the elbow brace. <laughs> And I and I toughed it out for like five weeks until I finally got healthy. Then I started having hundred yard games, and then I got a turf toe and I missed four games. People don't understand how bad <laughs> turf toe is. <laughs> then I missed four I games. To, I had to have surgery on my turf toe. Man. Like that shit is no joke. Yeah. But all this you played through. So what you feel like? Obviously, cannabis played a, a huge part in uh, obviously the mental, but then also the the, the recovery part in in. That you know, too. The, the truth though, if I if I think if I was smoking more earlier in my career, I think I. I think I could have avoided a lot of these uh, injuries because when I started smoking, I didn't get hurt anymore. Uh, you know? The recovery, yeah. yeah, it's the recovery, but I think even more so is just getting your mind right. Because yeah. most of the time, people get hurt. It's like you're you're not you're not Focused. you're not dialed in, right? You're not dialed in. What or were you? So I was someone who smoked day of the game. Were you someone similar or night before? How did you intake? I mean, I was like. I was after. I was always after the okay, game. That's what, that's what he was. Because two things. One, I wasn't smoking enough to have my tolerance at that uh, level where you. I felt comfortable. Yeah. And two, I just think the stigma, it didn't even occur to me. I don't know if you guys have had this moment, but I had this moment. I was uh, I was in Jamaica um, visiting where uh, where Bob was born, his birthplace. And I was with his, his, his younger brother, and his brother was saying, Bob used to go to that rock up there and read the smoke and read the Bible. Ooh. And I was like, you can smoke and read the Bible? <laughs> I had that moment like where something that's supposed to be good for you and something that's supposed to be bad for you, how they could come together. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, damn. So I got my Bible, got got my spliff, went up there, smoked, and I, I like that's when I that's when I had that moment. Mm-hmm. That's when I had How old were you at that point? Twenty seven. It's right before it was like a week before I retired. And so like I, I you know, I think, yeah, I think smoking I had a, a day at practice when I was playing I played a year in Canada. Mm-hmm. And I, I broke my ankle. And uh, it messed up my arm, so I wasn't I wasn't rehab. And the guys and I was just coming back though. And the guys were driving to practice, and they were passing a blunt around. And I was just like, I'm I'm not playing. So I was like, I'll smoke before practice. I had the most amazing like 
practice ever. I, I didn't feel my my pain. I felt like I was a kid again out there just balling. Right. So I I, I got it, but it was it was late. Too late. Yeah. yeah. Damn. See, so, yeah, I was someone who because like I said, it. I think you said it perfectly. Like it locks it. It, it calms the outside noise, and you lock in on what your what your job is supposed to be. Yeah. And that's you know the ultimate focus. Mike Dicker. Yes. ESPN magazine cover. Yeah. How did that come about? Dan Lebatard worked for ESPN at the time. Uh, he's writing for ESPN the magazine. And we become close. And he reached out and he said they want to do a, a piece for the cover of you and Dicka. And so they we went back and forth for like two months, throwing different ideas around about the picture. And then one day Dan called and he said, like, what about you got you in a wedding dress and Dicka in a in a tux? Like you guys are getting married. And I was on my phone in the in the car and I laughed and I said that'd be funny. I was like, yeah. <laughs> but then when I got there that day, I was like, funny. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and then when it came out and I and the media had it, then it really wasn't funny. Right. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that was today, boy. Ooh, he said, at first I laughed, but then I got there and it wasn't funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I had to put the dress on and, and like like realize what was what was going what on. What was happening. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God damn. Obviously. You know, you spoke of someone who was never injured until you got to the pros. When you're in the pros and you get injured, the first thing they want to do is pump you full of all kinds of different Bullshit. opioids and, 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 and shit that is masking one problem and causing long-term effects on the other side. Talk to us about that process, because I know you've been very vocal with the recovery of it, but just also the whole overall process. Yeah. Well, I remember one day I was I was sitting in the, in the training room before practice, and I was watching each of the guys come in for practice to get the Tordal shot. And I started doing the math. Like, I was like, if someone plays eight, ten years, and they have to do this every day for practice, like, what is this doing? For practice. What is, this, what is this doing to our bodies? And real quick, I don't want to cut you off. Please remember your thought. Tordal is so strong that when I was with the Clippers, going into the playoffs, I got hit by Dwight Howard and uh, had a minor tear in my shoulder, So in my shooting arm. So during the whole round, like, during the week, I couldn't barely lift my arm. I'm doing rehab to lift my arm. I'll take the Toradol shot two hours before the game, and I'm totally fine. <laughs> totally I fine. People, like, you go Unbelievable. To, people, you go to practice without Toradol, you feel like you're 85 years old. You go I to, couldn't imagine doing it in practice. I had in the game, feel I felt like, like Superman. Superman. <laughs> that's, same, that's the year we beat San Antonio in the first round. In that last play, I blocked Kawhi. That was my hurt shoulder that the day before I couldn't even lift. Yeah, yeah. So it's real. So I, I understood why, but I was doing the math, and I said, I got to find, like, some other way to take care Destroys of myself. Destroys your liver, too. And I just started smoking more and then finding, like, how to take care of myself. Like, I spent a little bit more time stretching. And also, though, was when I smoked and stretched, I, like, was really getting in there. Like, yeah. And focus, really, like, yeah. yeah. You have a, a different yeah. focus. Yeah. How many years did you play? Eleven. At what point in your career did you kind of say, I'm leaving this prescribed medicine from the league behind and solely smoking cannabis or was it always a balance of both it was it was a balance up until that moment i just told you about uh -huh. but after that i i mean i might have taken something like i had to be in a lot of pain before i would take something so and i was probably six or seven years in in but i started taking care of myself and I didn't spend any time in the training room, and the uh, trainer just left me alone because right. they, they were like, whatever you're doing is, is and working. And I think a running back, you get hit the most. Exactly. Whether you're blocking or running. That's a beautiful thing. Damn. See, I think in the in the long term, like if these sports teams start to support players using cannabis, it's going to save them a lot, of, a lot of money. Point blank. That's simple. What do you think about high-profile uh, high athletes now not necessarily coming out and... In, 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 
hey, I'm out here smoking, but knowing that they do use it and there's kind of a perception now that they're starting to realize, like, okay, the best players are actually using this too. What is your thought about that? I mean, personally, I think that the players should be out there saying, yes, I, agree. I use this. I agree. Because, you know, what I found is so many people come up to me and they've said, you know, I was like ha- had an attitude about this and I was against it until like your story and, right. I, and I saw you. And because of that, I tried it and, I, and it helped me. Right. And so I think players coming out and being honest is just going to really help a lot of people get access to this stuff for whatever reason in their mind or whatever, they don't have access to it. And stop worrying about what people think. And I think that's the biggest part. Like even me, I stopped smoking because I'm Muslim. But then again, I know I need it. And, but I but I know I'm one of the most righteous people alive. You know what I mean? And it's, it's just got to get to the point where you do what's best for you and not worry about what yeah. people say. And I think that's why a lot of players don't come out and talk about it. But I think a lot of it is is misinformation. Yep. And what I've realized is, is when we were young, and so we'd hear people say, like, the war on drugs, the war on drugs. Now that I'm older and I've gone back and, like, just studied a little bit, it really was a war. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, like, the our, our, this mighty government militarized against against cannabis, yeah. militarized. And you think of, like, in any war, there's always a lot of casualties. And, and it takes a long time to heal. But if we go, like, pre-drug war and we really understand the history of this plant, it was used by righteous people right, right. to help them achieve more righteousness. Right. Like, that's what it was for. Mm-hmm. And, and I think to... We're remembering that, but we're doing it the hard way because right. we're like at least for me, I became a better person when I started smoking. I'm the best me when I. My smoked. wife told me that. Please hurry up back smoking. <laughs> she used to text me like, yeah, she can, was texting can, him can like you that. Get him back to smoke, please, because please, he's not the, the same, same person. person. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's needed. It's needed. You traded to Miami in 2002 and led the league in rushing for the, for your first year. You almost had 800 carries. For the first two years. Both of the seasons, you are, you are top 20 for most carries by a running back in the season. Now, that's a lot of wear and tear on your body. In the NFL, carrying that many times, and we know how you run. I just told the people before that's going to get to the preview that we running over shit. Yeah. What was your mindset? What was your mind frame? Um, the first year, when I led the, the league in Russia, I averaged 4.7 yards a carry. Mm-hmm. So, and that was great. Yeah, absolutely. The next year... I averaged 3.8 yards a carry. I had more carries, a lot less yards. Mm-hmm. That was not so. Good. But they stacking the lineup because they were stacked. You know, it was it was they were stacking the line, but but also like it, I, I see like in any sport when you have a player that not necessarily the best player, but the player that everyone is like thing is everything's built around. The other team knows if we stop him, we're gonna win. Right. You need the other guys on the team to realize that and step up their game to to meet that kind of force. Yep. yep. And I think the first year, the success kind of surprised everyone. And I think that second year, and you know, when you after you win and you go back, you, mm-hmm. you can't take it easy. Everybody's coming for you. So right. you got to, like, take your game to the next level to be able to meet that challenge. And I felt like as a, as a team... Everybody did. We, we didn't. And so I was taking the toll because everybody was, like, right. they were teeing off on my ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Let's go again. One more. One more. One more. Oh man. All right, little bro. Have you started spring cleaning yet? The carpets need cleaning, the drapes need dusting, and your lawn needs mowing. Spring has sprung. 
And the global leaders in below-the-waist grooming have the best tools for cleaning aisle five in your pants. Manscaped has the full package you need for spring cleaning this year. The Performance Package 4.0 is the only tool you need to keep your boys looking and smelling like fresh tulips that your partner wants. To start off your spring cleaning, use the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer to get the most precise save on your hedges. Did we mention it's waterproof as well? No need to worry about watering your grass with this tool. Equip with the LED light so you know it'll be a major asset in the new shower routine. Clear your holes and smell the spring air with the Weed Whacker. This nose, ear, and hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which help prevent nicks, snags, and tugs on those delicate holes. After cleaning your nose, make sure you get rid of the fireball smell with the Crop Preserver and the Crop Reviver. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. The Crop Reviver, spray and toner for your balls. Finish your grooming routine off with the Plow 2.0, the perfect razor for the finest shave on your face. Because if you use the Lawnmower 4.0 on your balls and your face, you're doing something wrong, my boys. The start of spring also marks the start of Testicular Cancer Awareness Month in April. Manscaped has partnered with the Testicular Cancer Society to bring awareness to testicular cancer, men's health, and early cancer detection. Manscaped is committed to raising awareness for the most common form of cancer in men ages 15 to 35 and giving support for our fighters, survivors, and families impacted by testicular cancer as a part of We Save Balls initiative. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code SMOKE at manscaped.com. That's 20% and free shipping with the code SMOKE at manscaped.com. It's time to throw out your old hygiene habits and upgrade your life. As someone in your position, you're coming off leading the league. How, how, does that take a toll on you? Because, I mean, that's a lot of the mental health that athletes are talking about. You just saw Kyrie yesterday kind of go in on fans. Like, what kind of toll did that take on you? Well, I think it takes a, it takes a toll, the fact that just in general, as a professional athlete, that people, like, they forget that we're human beings. Still, they think because we make money that they can that we don't have feelings. Yeah, but he, he, but on a deeper level, like, like to me, it's like you're the one paying money to watch us. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, but it's probably something that we're doing that you could learn from. And so instead of like throwing shit at us, like try to learn from us because mm. whatever we're doing, you're like you're a you, fan of. Yeah, you you rather spend time with us than your family. Well, <laughs> it's, it, at some point. I had to figure out that it's people that are just fans of the sport, but then you got people that wish they could be you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's where we get the confusion at. You got people that really that really wish they had, like playing basketball, people that really had hoop dreams, that really wanted to be in the NBA, that played basketball. Oh, so man. Fuck whoever. Did all that. So fuck everybody that played basketball that made it to the NBA. But then you got your fans that really love their team. I think the fact that they sitting together in the stadium, it's hard to separate the good fans yeah. and the bad fans. Yeah, I agree. Is it a coincidence that you just started drug, failing drug tests around this time? Well, the, I think the other question is: it a coincidence that I started leading the league in rushing? Well, okay. Because, because, so like when I first got to Miami, that's when I really started smoking. I remember I would come home after after working out and I'd smoke, and I would like start to like visualize myself like just okay. killing it, just killing uh, it. When and so I just had this. I just had this. By the time the season came. I just had this knowing that is like I was ready. Yeah, I was ready, yeah. and so I think that had a lot to do with the tree. Yeah, yeah, a lot. That's yeah. dope. I love that. I mean, we can we can speak to that. Yeah, no, I feel I, it. I, I, I gotta be high every doing everything. I agree. There's, I mean, there's, you, there's no way though I can do nothing without it. You're preaching to the choir. Yes. Why would you? I mean, it's like I can't. It's I can't. I'm sorry, y'all. I can't. 2004, uh, you decide to retire. What? What? Uh, 
You were over everything. Where, where were you at mentally with that, and, and what made you come to that Wanted decision? To smoke my tree in peace. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's interesting. I feel like sometimes in life, like, the universe is trying to tell us something, mm -hmm. and sometimes we don't want to hear it, and it's got to, like, tell us really loudly. And so 2002, I led the NFL in rush. In 2003, I got my tore up. And so coming into the next season, you know, I went to the 2004, I went to the Dolphins, and I, and I said, like, if you're going to give me the ball, like, and expect me to do everything, like, you need to, like, take care of me and make sure that... Because I started to, like, think about the future and think, like, if I keep doing this, I'm not going to last very long. And, like, what am I going to have to show for it? So I said, like, if you're going to do this, I'm good with it, but help me feel good about doing right, this. Right, right. And their response, when they went to the, they came back with the business response. And for me, like, a, a business decision... Right, is my business decision is this is my only body and I have to find a way to take care of it. Oh, I need man. to feel good. That's my business. Right. I understand you got your business if you got salary cap and all that other stuff. Just the way they came back to me, I was like, okay, they don't really they don't really appreciate they're taking me for granted. And right. so already I was like, okay. And then after having that year and thinking, you know, I spent all my life trying to be the best football player I can be, and I realized that it has there's a lot more that goes into me being a good football player. And by being a good football player, I've seen I've been kind of like a, a like a, not a good person in some mm. ways. And that's, it started to bother me. So I started to think about, like, what am I doing with my life? And what I felt was I need to, like, travel and see the world and do some shit because my heart's not in this right now. And then with the contract, and then all this other stuff started happening. So I just was like, I, I, I hear the message. It's time for me to go. Mm. So, so I bounced. It was just one of those things where... Only you know. You know. But I, I think, like, again, my, my dream as a kid was was to make it in, as a college football player and then to have some kind of platform where I could, like, tell people, like, what I think. Mm -hmm. And I got to the NFL, and people were just like, shut up. Shut up. We don't want to hear. Shut up and run. Yeah, we don't want to hear what you have to say. Just go run. And then I, you know, I got to the point where I was like, I need to have, I need to say something. But then I realized because I've been chasing football my whole life, I don't really have anything to say. <laughs> so, so, so I left and I started traveling, just having right. more experiences and meeting different people and went back to school, started studying things I was really passionate about. Mm -hmm. So I learned. So I, now I feel like I have actually something to, to say. What was it like? Because obviously back then when you were doing it, the, the, the cannabis was the ultimate no. Yeah. Uh, so the, the media content starts to paint a picture of a bad person when, again, you've ex explained all the reasons why. Uh, leading up to this, but how hard was that having to deal with that on a on a daily basis? You know, I, I was fortunate. A couple of things, you know. One, back in two thousand four, nobody like we weren't educated about cannabis the way we are now. Right. Like outside of California and Oregon, nobody was talking about medicinal marijuana, and so I, I didn't have the language. And so when it when it first hit the news that failing a drug test was connected to my retirement, I had a friend of mine who was leaving the country. So I was like, yeah, let's go. So I didn't have to really deal with, uh, okay. with any of it because I was, tra I was traveling around the world. And the funny thing is I was traveling around the world. I kept meeting people who, like, smoked. And so where I, like, I, I wasn't, not, wasn't trying to run away from it, but I thought it was interesting that as I was, like, out and about, it. people didn't even know who I was, and I kept running into it. Mm -hmm. And I kept running it into it in ways where people were talking about it in ways that I had never heard people talk about mm -hmm. cannabis. And so when well, I ended up... Um, back in, uh, in Northern California studying Ayurveda, which is Indian medicine. And I was looking through a book, and I came across a book, and it had a whole chapter on cannabis. And again, at that time, I, no one was talking about medicinal marijuana. And so 
I started to realize there's a lot more to this to this thing than, than what we've been told. And because I surrounded myself with those kinds of people, when I finally did have to, to, to deal with the media, I felt more supported. And so Mike Wallace from 60 Minutes came to Northern California where I was studying Ayurveda. And it was like that interview of we found, we found Ricky. And one of the questions he asked straight up, he said, if the NFL drug tested you right now, would you pass the test? And I, I remember, you know, looking at him and everything in my head was saying, lie, 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 lie. And something I, I just said, like, I just said, no, I would fail. And it was like, it was this moment where I was being real. What was, year was this? This was 2004. I was being like honest and I was being real. And, and I knew I wasn't supposed to, but right. it felt like really liberating because I wasn't in the NFL. It right. felt like liberating to be able to like to tell my truth and not back down from right. it, mm -hmm. you know? And like that, to me, that was a special moment in my life where I kind of said, I'm, I'm on this side. Now I made a statement. So what, after that, I mean, that was kind of a, obviously a groundbreaking type of situation. What was the, with the feedback on that? Because I always say like, you were just ahead of your time. Like if you came out and did that now, you would be leading. Yeah athletes in, in this space. I mean, you're obviously one of the top people, but to do it back in that time in 2004, once you kind of came out and told your truth, it was almost a weight lifted on your, off your shoulders. What was, the, what was it met with? So, you know, it's funny, like personally, it was, it was the coolest thing in the world because, you know, I'd be out in the airport, I'd be hanging around. I remember I was in Sacramento at the airport and I was kind of lived up there at the time. And some guy, like, it was that same feeling of when somebody recognizes me, but he was like, hey, I got, I got something in my car. <laughs> you want to come? And, and people would just come up to me and just give me weed. Like, so it was amazing. Like right. the one-on-one like -on -one dealing with people, yeah. I, I felt like I was more real to people and there was something up for us to connect on on a deeper level. And, you know, the NFL, I came back to the NFL partially because the Dolphins sued me for $8 million. Um, but also the NFL kept asking me to come back. Who won? Um, they won the, they won the. Did they? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So I, I came back. And and it was weird. I was still in the NFL drug program, but it was like nobody just nobody ever talked about it. And one time, one time, somebody, uh, one of the people in the media, we had like a bye week and we had a couple of days off. And he said, "Do you ever think about smoking weed?" And I was just being honest. I was like, "I think about that shit all the time." <laughs> <laughs> and then it kind of came up, and it was like a you know, coach told me like, you know, don't be a distraction. But other than that, people, everyone pretended like. It didn't happen. Pretend like it didn't happen. Yeah. That's crazy. What did you really find out about yourself once you stepped away from football? I think I found out that I was just a more spiritual person than I than I thought. And that's what leads you into all the astrology stuff. Exactly. Just I'm like that I'm just really like curious. I just want to uh -huh. like figure you shit learn? out. Exactly. That's all I that's all I think about. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one -on -one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one -on -one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from 
crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Got my PrevNAR 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't give Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Where else uh, did you get to travel? You said you traveled the world. Where are some of the fa- uh, favorite places you pit stopped at? Uh, I love Thailand. I love Thailand. It's mm. beautiful out there, huh? Yeah. Australia was Australia was cool because it's different, but everybody speaks English. So it, it was different enough, mm-hmm. but but it still felt familiar enough. In your, in your travels, what, who had the best grass? Good question. I mean, obviously... Um, Amsterdam, Amsterdam, but but Hawaii, surprisingly, yeah, they got so fire. Surprisingly, yeah, that Maui, like, Waui, we were there. Yeah, <laughs> we were there. Hawaii, I was just that was a whole nother like. I, I don't know if it was that batch or if it's across the board, but I had a, like a, some fire out there. Yes. Yeah, it was funny because we used to go to Amsterdam in the off season. Uh, me and some guys that are still playing, but they said they get a majority of their uh, weed from California. Yeah, uh, Northern California in particular. Yeah. You bounced back in the league in two thousand five, right? But you're still dealing with the NFL drug policy. 
Back and forth, back and forth. What was that like? It was stressful. I know. It was stressful. You just want to smoke and chill. Yeah. Well, you said, you said at one point you learned how to be tested and still. Was this during that time? I, so I, I went through different phases. Like the first, the first time I got into the program, I found this drink. Okay, and you, if you, ours is called liquid. We used to use something called, called liquid. Ours is called like extra, extra clear or something. Like okay. That. And you gotta like you gotta drink it, and then you wait 15 minutes, drink a bottle of water. 15 yeah, minutes, drink a bottle of water, and then your piece. <laughs> 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 I'm clean for five we hours. Yeah, yeah. You got you a window, but you gotta keep peeing. Yes, you gotta keep peeing. Yeah. yeah. All right, we're giving away our seat because we've never talked about this. Yeah. This is the first yeah, time. Yeah. This is the first yeah. time. Our shit used to be liquid. That's what got me though. Is that the time that I got popped the second time. Is I like I went out. We we lost to the Eagles and we got knocked out of the playoffs. And I just was like went too hard that night. And so <laughs> he would come at six o'clock in the morning. So I wake up at five, do the right. drink. It's the and process. I, and I fell back asleep. Uh, you didn't get the and piss I didn't off. Get, I didn't get the piss off. Yeah, and you I gotta just get. Barely, I just barely <laughs> failed. Oh, no, you like, got to get at least three to four yeah, peas out yeah, before yeah, you clear. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that was so. That's how he got so me. speaking of your shit, so when I was with, I was in the program with the Clippers <laughs> and got traded to Memphis and. Uh, the P man was coming once a week, so I would be clean all week. He would come, knew him by name. He would, I for, actually, I, I did know his name, I forgot the shit, but I'd be clean all week. And then the day Clip. he tests me, I'll smoke the entire day and then try to get clean the whole entire week. And I'd be able to take my drink. That was and my, do it. that was my second, yeah. that was my second way. The second time when I came back, uh -huh. it was only once a week. And that's, yeah. And then I got to the point where I realized I could take three hits and pass the test the next day. Oh. Three hits and pass the next day. So you would just, what, take a drink, drink a bunch of water? No, I wouldn't even. Just, just, just because I was, like, as an athlete, we're... Cycling so the, much, the, yeah. the cannabis, when it comes out, it's because it's stored. But okay. if you don't smoke enough to store it... It doesn't sit. Then it doesn't sit. Yeah. So you was microdosing before microdose. Yeah. But but because I was in the program, a microdose worked. You know, when you're only right. doing, like, three hits a couple times. Not as much. Yeah, right. Exactly. They get you where you need you to be. Exactly. We, I didn't have that power. <laughs> you all the way in? I'm going until I go to sleep. <laughs> That's how I was that day. in the coma. I had some shit shipped, shipped up from Cali, and every once a week, I get to smoke once a week, so I'd burn it down like yeah. two, three joints. I'd probably pass out in my chair. I, it was on the regular. Wake up and just, I had to get it in me. Yeah. We've never talked about that, because I never wanted to bust no one out, but since they're, they're, they don't test for it no more, because yeah. everyone used to say, what do you used to take? And we used to have to tell it, but it was liquid from GNC. Or when they didn't have liquid, I would just say, yo, what's, I, I would go to, I'd be real to do it. Like, I got to pass a pee test. What do you recommend? What's the hardest cleanser you have? And they would give it to you. But you would feel like shit, though, because you had to take that drink. I just used oh, to drink a so bunch nasty. of water. Yeah. Yeah. I used to have my trainers, I used to drop some of my trainers some bread to give me a heads up, like, because they got to a point where we were doing four randoms during the season. We didn't four. know what else was coming. Four randoms like during the season. This is not even in, in the program, though. This is just regular. Wow. Four random tests. So... I would always, you know, I'd, I'd get some of my trainers some bread, like, just give me a heads up the morning they come. So sometimes I'd, I'd do that whole process and be bloated like a motherfucker and I didn't even get tested. I was pissed. But at one point, we knew that you can go on a drug program and still smoke. So we told them. And early in the we was like, man, I'm, I'm pissing dirty. Just put them in the program. And you can stay in the I stay in the program damn near three seasons. <laughs> As damn, a, damn undercover. It, it wasn't no penalties there. They, were, they, weren't, they weren't hip. You just, right. As long as you're in the program, you, you just got to pee a certain amount of times or something. Yeah. You could, but it was... Really? Yeah. I stayed us, in that motherfucker for three years. Oh, if you're in the program and you get popped, that's like four-game suspension. Oh, nah. It's like, it, and it keeps getting worse. Mm -mm. It probably worse than penalties, but Jack probably just maneuvered his way. When I first got in the league, it was one drug test. Yeah, like them. It in was, the preseason. Yes, they got the whole team, too. Yes. So we could we yes. had we had weed in the car as soon as we got out of, out of practice that day. That's how it used to be. How did the turbulent relationship with the NFL impact your image, though? I know that kind of pissed you off. 
honestly, at the end of the day, it, it actually helped. Mm-hmm. It actually helped. I mean, I had to come back and like finish my career and, and like earn that kind of respect and carry myself a certain way. But at the end of the day, it's it turns into like a redemption story, mm-hmm. and and it allows me now to, to tell a, a positive, platform, right? Exactly, right? Exactly. I was right the whole time. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> straight up. Yeah. What was it like, real quick? I want to know because my brother played with the Argonauts and went running Great Cup. What was that experience like? Because that was the one thing he was a receiver, and he said they used to just that the treatment was low grade. Just it was tough to really make it. If you come from even like college and get the a States, taste of something, and then you go to that, uh-huh. I mean, like our our like facility were trailers, right? You know, Damn. trailers. And we need like our <laughs> on our team meeting room was just a, a trailer. But but I will say like if you if you really are about the game, you know, then right. it, it like can bring you back to it. Uh-huh. Uh, and for me, it did like because up there only certain there's only a certain number of American players that can be on the team. So most of the American guys like stayed in the same area. So it was kind of like college. Uh-huh. And after after practice, we just go play. Madden and it was and Toronto. Sport. Yeah, and it was Toronto, and it was Toronto. Right. Yeah. So it, it was. I had a wonderful experience. Did there. you? Yeah. Dope. Yeah. My brother said he loved it, but yeah. he's just like as far as like the amenities Football, yeah. and trying to keep your body on top of it. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. It's even like the gear, you know, trying to get gloves and stuff. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it was tough. It's like goddamn it, I used to have to give this shit away, and exactly. now I can't even get none. Exactly. <laughs> when you initially stepped away from the game, was there? You said you started traveling right away. Was there ever kind of like a null? Because I kind of feel like when people step away from something they've been accustomed to their whole life, there's kind of a little... Did you ever hit the rut or you just kept moving? I just was so I was going so hardcore just to like... Because it was something that was building up. It wasn't mm-hmm. like I was... It was something that was building up and I just knew I needed to like sow my royal oats or see the, see the world. So I was on it. And that way I went on it and I got to this point where I was like, this is great, but... For my life to really take off, I need to go back to the league and clear my name. Mm. That, that, and so it kind of it led me back, but I came back, and the the biggest difference was before I was kind of in this this no man's land of like, what do I have to do to like keep this? And when I came back, it was more like, what can my career, what can the NFL do like do for me? Right. And so I was just more intentional. Did you get what you were looking for? I got exactly what I, I cleared my name. I was able to to walk away and and with the platform intact that I, uh-huh. I can I now have access to. So yeah, uh, you recently launched Heisman. Uh, what are your hopes and visions in this uh, cannabis space with that? I mean, really, a lot of this of of just conversation these these conversations. Yeah. You know, because like I, I'm hardcore, and I'm saying like because most people they say you know. They'll talk about using cannabis, but then they'll have all their reasons. You know, I'm hurt or this or that. And I'm saying like more like this kind of conversation right. where people are talking about like, did you take your medicine today? Mm-hmm. You know? Like, right. Mm-hmm. Where it is people are, feel comfortable saying, I need this. Mm-hmm. I need, because people say like, I need this for a lot of reasons. But when you're saying something, I need this because this makes me a better person. Right. I think, you know. It changes that's everything. A, exactly. That's the biggest statement you can make. Yeah. I think yeah. I mean, I I just think hearing the why. Yeah. You know, this is why. But they've never heard athletes say why. It was always just a stigma. You're you're this. You're that. You're 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 you know. You're not focused. But when you actually hear the reasons why, you can't argue with it. The crazy part though is like is this is what I noticed is I believe that too. So I thought I was doing something wrong. And so I took a step back and I said like, really, what is going on? And I was like, uh, and it might sound crazy, but at that time, at least from my body's perspective, this was better for me than football. Anything. Mm, like, yeah, talk to him. 
Real shit. I mean, my I started smoking at 14, and I didn't really know. Obviously, I didn't need it for the pain at that time, but I had just had a, up, a tough upbringing. And I remember the first thing you said is it just calmed everything on the outside. Mm-hmm. And I knew when I smoked, it would take me there. So fast forward, you know, I'm 42 now. I've been smoking, you know, for more than half my life. But we can always, we can explain until we're blue in the face, but I think that the real breakthrough was when they were started having medical research behind yeah. this so now we're saying what we're saying is backed up by actual information and i think obviously that's why it's moving the needle now but it's we've been saying this we just didn't have like you said the terminology i guess is what they needed and i think as more more people that are are successful in life come out and tell their story i think that's going to drive even more yeah. it's going to change the research questions yeah you know? i agree so speak to exactly i mean you have it pretty narrow focused on different you know, aspects of the cannabis space. So speak to us about your brand and the names of each and why you decided to go this route. Yeah, so like overall, you know, creating a brand. When I got into the cannabis space, like I saw it's like what people were calling a brand is you just create some like fancy packaging and then you convince people that yours is better than the, the next and that's a for brand. Real. And to me, I, I think I get it and there are people doing a great job. But for me, if I'm going to do a brand, it's got to be like, be part of it has to be part of me that that I'm putting out there. And so I, I same thing I was saying like earlier about I had this experience of how cannabis actually helped me be a better football player and a better person. And so helping people make these connections. And one of the ways, simple ways we did that is through our, the naming convention uh, of our flower. And instead of the more conventional sativa indica hybrid, we call the more sativa leaning strains pregame, the hybrids halftime, and then the indicas postgame. Right, so it's you're a heavy indica. Post game, I'm post game, yeah. pre game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you pre game and post game. Exactly. And then and then we've been we've been having fun with the different like strain names. Okay. Really trying to connect the genetics with our favorite athletes. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I definitely want to check that out. Yeah. Traditionally, someone who was kind of private, but you you really started to open up more with two docs uh, on a TV game show, working on a biopic. Who you want to play? You. I feel like it's going to be some unknown person that. If would there was, if there was a famous person, no. If there was a famous person to play you. But see, it's tough because we have to go to that age, that age range, and I like, I don't really know that many actors in that in okay. that age range. So you're gonna put someone on the map? I could. Take yeah, I'm gonna that. put somebody on. Somebody's gonna just just blow us away in the yeah, in the screening. Are you? Obviously, more comfortable in the public eye now, and 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 just kind of fr- freely out here, kind of being yourself, or is it still kind of a, you still kind of hold back a little bit? Yeah, I'm I'm out there now. Okay, I re- I like got to the point where I really fuck it. Yeah, I really don't care anymore. <laughs> it's, it's me. Yeah, take it yeah. take it or leave it. Yeah, at a certain point in life, like you realize the young people need guidance, and if we're trying to pretend to be something else, that's not. Like, that's not a good. Right. That's not a good example. That's a, and that's a shitty way to live. I tell people, be you. The best you can be is you. Well, you everyone, try so hard at being yeah, somebody else. Every, it's the hardest thing to do. Just be yourself. Everyone man. else is already and taken. Then, and, and the people that supposed to be in your life and that's supposed to support you and love you, they gonna be there regardless of who you are. Like, just be yourself. Yeah, I had that same awareness when I left. Everybody thought I was crazy, but my experience was this is the happiest I ever been. Mm. And so I was like, people in my life that can that are happy that I'm happy, those are my people. People mm-hmm. that have a problem with that, yeah, writing's on the wall. Yeah. Well, man, we appreciate your time. We're going to come down to quick hitters, man. First thing to cross your mind, let us know. Who are some of the people in the cannabis space uh, you look up to? Uh, right now, first person that comes to mind is is, is Chris Ball. Okay. Ball Family Farms. That's, yeah. That's, their, that's his folks. Yeah, I mean, just like heart. 
uh-huh. and just like what he's what he the opportunity he has and what he's doing with it. You know, he talks about cultivating the culture, uh-huh. and, and and I think sometimes when I when I think about the industry, it, it like it, it makes me sad sometimes because it becomes just about like starting to become just about the money. Mm-hmm. And what I love about what Chris is doing is really about the plant. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. We did stuff. a collab with him. Yeah. Shout out the that, Ball and family that, and that flower, family. man. It's, yeah. It's something special. Now he's got some shit over there. Yeah. What's the longest time you spent meditating? Uh, like in one sitting, mm-hmm. uh, four yeah. hours probably. Wow. But that's not a lot. Like that's, that's not. That's I got I got probably close to thirty minutes. Yeah. But you fall asleep. <laughs> nah, but you know when I pray, you know I get, after okay, I pray, yeah, yeah. This was like a, spe- a time I was up in the Himalayas, like just up there to meditate. That was the what's that's a long time. So when you say that's not a, when you say it's not a long time, what is a long time to someone who is actually in the space and really? Well, to to me, people like med- honestly, a good meditation is five minutes. Okay, a good it's just about centering yourself, mm-hmm. and then because if someone needs to go out in the day, five minutes you're centered. But if you know, I was on retreat, I was like out for a couple of months, and I was trying to like go deeper into myself. Mm-hmm. And so it's like you sit for five minutes and things like settle down to a certain level. But as you sit there, like more stuff comes to the surface, you know? And then if you can sit there, then that settles. And then just the more time, it just gives you ability to just go. D- so what do you, I'm someone that's kind of wanting to get, what are you actually focusing on while you try to, so if you say a five power, five minute meditation, what, so your things are coming to your mind, what do you do to... Kind so what the, the simplest technique and really what meditation is about is it doesn't really matter what the point of focus is. Okay. So when people when we're playing our sport or we're doing our thing and we're in a zone, that's a meditation. Because okay. meditation just means the nature of our mind, it just goes in all these different directions all the time. And meditation is just bringing, the med- just bringing it back. It doesn't even matter what the point is. Some people use a mantra. Some people use their heart or their, their head. But it's just having, it could be a thought, an idea, a person. It's just having one thing that you can bring the, the mind back to. I mean, this is why sports, I think, especially at our level, is so beneficial because it forces you to learn to meditate, right? Your mind wants to go, but you got a job to do. So the mind is trained to be focused on one thing. Mm-hmm. So for us, like, we know how to meditate, you know? It, it's just we just got to do something that like, has our attention mm-hmm. and the mind fo- will focus. Mm-hmm. But that's... But that's all meditation is. It's training the mind when it goes here to bring it back here. And then once it like it gets trained, it stops wandering, it can sit in one place, and then it becomes more profound. You notice mm. more things. Mm. Are there any other things, uh, psilocybin, mushrooms, anything in that psychedelic realm, so to speak, that you feel that can help people? I think all of the psychedelics. Because... And I consider cannabis a psychedelic. It's just mild, something you can do more on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the other psychedelics, they're more like when you got to flush your system out, right. you know? But I think that cannabis is more like that the daily maintenance. And even the word psychedelic, it means soul revealing, mm. right? Revealing ourselves to ourselves. Or another word they use is entheogen, is the God within. So I think all of these substances... They are, it's the same thing as meditation. It's just getting your mind off the bullshit and just focusing on something that's, like, more real. Five dinner guests, dead or alive. So, definitely Bob. Yes, sir. Uh, definitely Pop. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, like, Jesus, mm-hmm. Muhammad, and uh, Rumi. Who's that? He's a, he was a, a, a mystic poet. Pac talk about him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay. Hey, he was a poet. Is it Rumi Amatumi, something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
What artists do you currently have on rotation? And what genre of music you best that best describes your running style? Two questions. Ooh. Um, so the what I'm listening to right now is on repeat, I just have it's Damian Marley. Mm -hmm. I listen to all the Marleys a lot, but yeah. right now I've just been on Damien for for a minute. Jam rock. Yeah. Yeah. And your running style, what kind of music is that? That's a good one. What yeah. I think uh uh like I came up in nineties uh West Coast hip hop. Mm-hmm. Right, it's like smooth, and then it hits you. It, 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 uh -huh. it hit <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Smooth as a motherfucker that it just. We all know that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the first thing you do when you wake up, and the last thing you do before you go to sleep? First thing I do when I wake up is um, I roll up, and then I pray. And then you smoke after you pray. And I smoke after I pray. Uh -huh. but I noticed. I noticed this morning. I rolled up. I rolled up first, and then I went upstairs. Some mornings I pray first, but this morning I rolled up, then I pray, then I smoke. And then I read, meditate. Um, and before I go to bed, I'm always reading. I read and smoke until I fall asleep. Mm. See, I pray, meditate, smoke every morning. Yeah. If you could see one person on our show, who would it be? But before you answer that, you have to help us get your answer on the show. All right, uh, Janae Aiko. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. And she smokes heavy too, yeah, huh? Yeah. Exactly. She burns. Yes. Do you yeah. know her? I don't. <laughs> but, but hey, we're gonna put a call in now. Big Sean. Y'all both. Big come. Sean. We need both of y'all. Yeah, both of y'all. Big Sean. Both both you. There, there's room for both of y'all yes, in the sir. couch. Well man, that's a wrap. Ricky, man, we yeah. appreciate nah, your time. I'm, there, yeah. I'm glad we got a chance you, to talk yeah. to you, man. I've been a big fan of yours for a long time. Obviously, I'm a huge football fan, but again, the the you were before your time in the cannabis space. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're someone like myself and my brother Al Harrington. We really kind of took that Jackson and, and, and really kind of continued to push the narrative, man. But I feel like it really started with you, man. Well, so I appreciate, appreciate what it. you guys are doing because yeah. we, we need it. Definitely. I'm a Texas boy, so I'm a, I'm a different type of fan. So it's all good. <laughs> yeah. But we got something for you before you leave. Oh, yeah. Man. I always forget. We got our own merch. Y'all ain't getting this bag, but we got a bag for our boy Rick, and you can get it at all the, all the smoke.store. There you go. You know what I'm saying? But here we go, bro. Yeah, a little got parting gifts. Thank you. Sweat suit. So yeah. You can be fresh when you step out on and when you're rolling up. Just don't get don't ash on it. I was going to say, it's, <laughs> that's, that's the thing. I don't mind ash. I just don't like the burn holes. Yeah, the burn holes. Man, that's a wrap with our man Ricky Williams. You can catch all the smoke on Showtime Basketball YouTube and the iHeart platform Black Effects. See y'all next week. Peace. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare rev up your thrills this summer at cedar point on the all-new top thrill 2 drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple launch vertical speedway 
And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Got my PrevNA 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us, wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic, and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine.